0: Welcome to the Holistic Health Bites podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Nicholson, crime scene investigator turned metabolic health investigator. This podcast provides bite-sized episodes to help you have a pristine health scene so you can live a vibrant adventure filled life. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Holistic Health Bites podcast. Today, we're going to be talking all about how to evaluate health claims that you may see in magazines, newspaper articles, social media, or even mainstream media. This conversation is designed to help you navigate through the flood of information out there, a lot of which is conflicting and confusing. So before we dive into this topic, let's just first talk about what a health claim is. So health claims are any statements that suggest a specific product, food, system, plan, or lifestyle intervention can either improve your health in some way or cause harm to your health in some way. These claims come in the form of advertisements, articles, social media posts, podcasts, or videos. They can include statements like, lose 10 pounds in two weeks with this diet, or this supplement will cure your ailment, or that diet will increase your risk of cardiovascular disease development. While these claims sound very convincing, it's important to evaluate them critically rather than simply taking them at face value. So today we're going to talk all about how to do that. The first thing to consider when evaluating health claims is to dig deeper into the research behind the article. Many times the creator is basing their article on published research or an organizational statement of some sort. That's where you should go next. Follow any links that they provide to the original source of the information. Was it based on a randomized clinical controlled trial? Was it based on diet history questionnaires and surveys? Is it merely a summary of what a health organization believes? The original source of the information tells you a lot about the reliability of the data. Diet questionnaires, surveys, and publications based on reviews of medical charts can only provide generalized correlational information. They cannot prove causation for their claim. We see this a lot when it comes to particular types of foods that we should be consuming or should be avoiding. Take red meat, for example. Nearly all of the bad press about red meat comes from food frequency questionnaires where they ask a group of people to recall how often they consumed red meat over a particular period of time. This could be a short duration or a long-term duration. These are purely based on their memory and their honesty. People often answer these surveys based on what they believe is healthiest, not necessarily what they truly did. And seriously, can you even remember what you ate for lunch last Tuesday? Most people can hardly remember yesterday, let alone accurately recall how many times they ate a particular given food over the last month, six months, year, or five years. This is essentially garbage information, but they're using it to make some serious claims. Randomized clinical controlled trials are the best type of research that can show causation. Well done studies are aiming to control variables so that they're truly only looking at an intervention, like a particular diet plan, medication, or supplement versus a control group. These are very hard to do in nutrition and they get very expensive very quickly. So it's generally not possible to have very large sample sizes of people or conduct these types of studies over the long term. There aren't a whole lot of these types of studies when it comes to nutritional interventions for this reason. This is, however, how pharmaceutical drugs undergo research. Organizational position statements are usually not directly based on an individual study and may not be based on studies at all. This is harder to follow because they don't usually back up their claims with any research. One such example of this was a recent publication by the American Heart Association where they compared and scored 10 popular diets. Sounds promising, right? The kicker here is that they were comparing these 10 diets and scoring them based on how well they were adhering to the American Heart Association's recommended guidelines. Their guidelines include consuming a wide variety of fruits and vegetables, choosing mostly whole grains instead of refined grains, using liquid plant oils rather than tropical oils, eating healthy sources of protein such as plants, seafoods, and lean meats, minimizing added sugars and salts, limiting alcohol, and choosing minimally processed foods instead of ultra-processed foods. In this publication, they compared the DASH diet, or the dietary approaches to stop hypertension, Mediterranean, pescatarian, vegetarian, vegan, low fat, very low fat, low carbohydrate, paleo, and very low carbohydrate or ketogenic diets. Unsurprisingly, the diets that scored the worst are used by people who don't actually believe these recommendations are correct or even healthy. At least not all of the recommendations. Take plant oils, for example. These would include vegetable oils like canola, soybean, sunflower, safflower, corn, cottonseed, rice bran, and grapeseed that many functional medicine providers would not say are healthy. These oils are high in omega-6 fatty acids, they're very easily oxidized, and they're highly processed with chemicals and mechanical forces to create them. There are similar disagreements around grains, legumes, fruits, starches, lean versus fatty meats, and avoidance of salt. When you see a health claim, whether positive or negative, be sure to find out if there's any research to support it. If there is, try to find the original research study and read it. Unfortunately, many of the research articles are behind paywalls, so you might not have access to every research study. You can try searching for these studies on Google Scholar or PubMed. Another important factor to consider when evaluating health claims is to find out the source of the funding. Many studies are funded by the company that produces the product or supplement being tested. While this isn't inherently bad, it can create potential conflicts of interest and bias in their conclusions. If a study is funded by a company or group that stands to profit from the results, the study may be biased towards their product or plan. Bias can be found in studies funded by industry, nonprofits, government agencies, and even academic institutions. Bias can come in many forms, but some common examples are cherry picking data, exaggerating the benefits and ignoring potential harms. Sometimes it can even come in the way the statistics are being displayed. When reading an article, you have to ask yourself if the author presents a balanced view of the topic. Do they mention any potential risks or downsides? Do they cite their research that contradicts their claims? Do they address limitations in their study and recommendations for further research? Evaluating health claims from magazine or newspaper articles and popular media can be challenging. So it's important to evaluate all of the data rather than simply taking the article as fact. I hope this information provided you with some valuable tips on how to evaluate health claims from the media. Remember, your health is your most important asset, and it's worth taking the time to evaluate health claims critically. Thank you for tuning in. Until the next, be well and vibrant. Thanks for being a faithful listener to the podcast. I'd love it if you left me a five-star review on this podcast so that others can more easily find this valuable information. Did you know I also work one-on-one with clients? I approach solving health challenges like I approached solving crimes by conducting a thorough investigation into your case. Sadly, hundreds of millions of people in the U.S. have insulin resistance, pre-diabetes and diabetes, and the vast majority have no idea. Here to fix that if you struggle with low energy stubborn weight hypertension sleep disturbances or any other undesired symptoms let's talk all you have to do is schedule a free call the link will be in the show notes and no you do not need to live near me